This is mutual. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Transcontinentally transcribed with voice actors from coast to coast, this is Project Audion. Hello, I'm Larry Groby with the Generic Radio Workshop. Take a look closely at this old 1945 script. Do you see the little character stick figure clipped to it? That's the mark of the saint, the character known as the Robin Hood of modern crime. Well, tonight, Project Audion is going to recreate this lost episode of The Saint from 1945. But before we do, I have Mr. Ian Dickerson on the line from Hampshire, England. He's an expert on all things The Saint, written extensively about him, and he's going to talk about this. Ian, people may know The Saint from TV or even the movies, but he goes back to radio, and really the character started in print. Um, I mean, the first book was published in 1928. Um, The last original English language book was published in 1983. Between those days, there were 15 feature films, numerous TV incarnations, numerous radio incarnations. The books sold over 40 million uh, copies, were translated into 32 languages, possibly even 33, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, it was quite the global phenomenon in a lot of media. Um, Chartres himself even got, even wrote a Saint stage play, which sadly was never produced, but you know he wanted to play everywhere in every form. So his creator, Leslie Charteris, described Simon Templer as the Robin Hood of modern crime. Could you expand on that? Also a gentleman adventurer, because he does things with style and wit. And being of a certain age myself, I have to say, I think it's a certain style and wit that you don't see much in the world anymore. Um, But he is basically the Robin Hood of modern crime. He takes on the side of the underdog, um, fighting all sorts of evil websites. He hates pomposity. He hates people who take advantage of other people, people who prey on the weak. Um, And he will come up with an idea to give these ungodly, as he calls them, a taste of their own medicine. Which, as we'll see, he does in the episode we're doing. A bit surprising compared to most radio heroes. So how much is the Saint's colorful life a reflection of his creator? Mr. Charteris has a really interesting history. He was born in Singapore in 1907. He was the son of a Chinese doctor and an English mother. Um, his, his father was very well-to-do at the time. Um, his mother basically met his father when he was studying medicine in the UK and travelled back to Singapore to live with him. Uh, he had a younger brother, Roy, but the parents split up when Leslie was aged 12, and his mother took him and Roy to come back to the UK because she thought they deserved a proper British education. And he studied law at Cambridge, but dropped out after the first year, having sold his first novel. Um, he had a three-book contract initially, and it was book four, I think, that led to The Saint in 1928. He worked quite hard 
on weekly stories for the Thriller magazine for a couple of years uh, for a friend of his called Monty Hayward, who was the editor. That's where a lot of the Saint short stories come in from. He went to Hollywood and wrote for the movies for several years, lived in Hollywood for several years. Um, he moved back to the UK in the early 60s when the TV show was getting off the ground and spent his last years living in Surrey, England. So Ian the Saint was first a literary creation, and then he moved to the movies, and then radio? Leslie had wanted the Saint to play on the radio for many years. He'd actually recorded a pilot show for himself in 1940 on his own dime to try and get the Saint on radio, and he got his good friend Dennis Green to play the Saint, uh, and that has actually now been released commercially by Radio Spirits. Um, but it took until 1945 for Leslie to finally get through and get the Saint accepted on radio, which was this series you're about to adapt here. Um, Leslie, being Leslie, was keen to control the Saint at the time. So he produced this series himself. So the script you're about to recreate here was written under the supervision of Leslie himself. So the Saint has evolved over the decades. The 1928 version is not the same as the 1945 version or the 60s or, or later. And now I understand Paramount's working on a new version uh, that will feature the star of Bridgerton. Is this a saint for the 21st century? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. They've got um, the actor Roger Jean Page, who's signed to star as a saint, and they're currently working on the script. That... And, and yeah, I can't wait. I think he'll be a brilliant saint. Because, you know, there's a quote from Leslie on, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, that said, you know, about the saint, which was women want to sleep with him, men want to be him. And, and certainly from the comments I've had, women most definitely would like to sleep with Roger Jean Page. <laughs> Do men want to be him? You know, watch Bridgerton and actually go, he's having a lot of fun. Oh, you yeah. Know? And if they, if they get the script right, you know, I think we're away. Absolutely. It comes down to good stories. Well, thank you. Thanks for your time, Ian. Let's see now how our 1945 Saint script fares as Project Audion recreates the Saints' million-dollar day. Here she comes, ladies and gentlemen, the Bromo Seltzer Special. Bringing you the Robin Hood of modern crime. The Saint. Robin Hood of modern crime, the 20th century's brightest buccaneer, Simon Templer, known to millions of moviegoers and mystery story fans as The Saint. Tonight from Hollywood, the makers of Bromo Seltzer bring you another exploit from the career of Leslie Charteris's famous adventurer. The Saint's private war with crime still makes him no more popular with the police, as we shall see. Tonight, we find him in his car on a lonely road in upstate New York with his tame gorilla, Hoppy Uniats, dozing beside him. All right, Hoppy. Wake up, my lad. 
I said, wake up, Hoppy. It's your turn to drive. Uh, uh, oh, sure, sure, boss. Uh, but gee, Saint, why do we have to drive all night? Because I want to get into New York by morning, my muscular monstrosity. Come on, hop out. Okay, Saint, okay. <coughs> boss, did you hear what I heard? Yes, and I'd like to hear more. Be quiet. Turn out the headlights. Yeah. Come on, uh, over here in the bushes. Keep down. Okay, boss. Boss, what was it? Shh, quiet. Some guy running, coming this way. Sounds as if he was running for his life. Here he comes. Not in very good training, is he? <laughs> Catch him, Hoppy! Gee, the guy's out like a light. From sheer terror, by the looks of it. Wait! What, boss? Do you hear it? Yeah, it sounds like the guy's barefoot. Pull this fellow in by the bushes and keep out of sight. Right, hurry. Okay, boss. Quiet now. He's stopping. Looking for our friend here, no doubt. Can you see him? Yes, I think. Holy Hezekiah! What? Look! It's a giant, and without hardly no clothes on. Do I give him to Woik's boss? No shooting, Hoppy. Too noisy. <laughs> I'll take care of him. Boss, you ain't gonna... Oh, but I am. You just sit here and watch. Oh, boss. Here goes. You got him! Oh, if I hadn't have seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, chum. Well, there's your Frankenstein for you. He looks like something out of a circus. Now that I look at both of you, the resemblance is rather striking. Yeah, it's your... Oh, boss, you don't mean that. Never mind the ape man. Let's put the other one in the car. This doesn't seem the best place to find out what this is all about. Okay, boss. I'll give you a hand. Easy now. He's in bad shape. In the back seat with him. Uh, oh, there we are. Whew. Where are we going now, boss? Home, James, and I'll drive. Boss, it's up! So I heard, but we don't want to share Algernon with him, do we? Romo Seltzer, famous for fast headache pelp, is bringing you The Saint. Romo Seltzer, Romo Seltzer, turn on the steam. Romo Seltzer, Romo Seltzer, Romo Seltzer. You know, Seltzer, ladies and gentlemen, it's really silly to let an ordinary headache make you miserable when you can get such fast three way headache help with Bromo Seltzer. 
Now, by the three-way help, I mean Bromo Seltzer quickly helps the pain of a headache itself. And it soothes upset stomach and jittery nerves that may team up with your headache. And what a pleasant help it is, for Bromo Seltzer fizzes instantly. So sparkling, so refreshing to take. You can't ask for any more of a headache product than that. Can you? Fast, pleasant, three-way help for your headache. That's Bromo Seltzer. Try Bromo Seltzer on this guarantee. You must be satisfied or your money back. Need I say more? Just go to any drugstore, fountain, or counter and ask for... Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo And now, back to the saint. It is late afternoon in Simon Templer's apartment. For most of the day, Patricia Holm, the Saint's Girl Friday, has been trying to revive the man the Saint found early that morning. How is he, Pat? Oh, coming around, I think. Oh, you're really marvelous, Patricia, darling. Here, I'd been thinking of you all this time as merely the most beautiful girl in the world, and now I find you're a first-class practical nurse, practically. Oh, to keep up with you, a gal has to be everything but a steeplejack. Oh, but Simon, who is he? And who could have done these dreadful things to him? That's what I want to know. Uh, uh, well, it looks as though he's getting ready to answer your questions uh, uh, for you. Uh, 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 Steady, chum, it's all right. Uh, am I safe here? As safe as you'd be in your own home, brother, and maybe even a little safer. Who are you? Simon Templar is the name. Simon Templar? The saint? You saved me. Yes, but I'd very much like to know what I saved you from. You haven't told the police yet, have you? The boss call in the cops? <laughs> oh, go away and get yourself a drink. You sound hoarse. Oh, why, thanks, boss. You mustn't mind Hoppy. He's famous chiefly for his sense of humor and his physical stamina. And this is Miss Patricia Holm. Oh, how do you do? And thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, of course. And now, suppose you tell us who you are. I am Paolo Montero. Oh, yes. President of the Bank of Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. You know me, then? By reputation, yes. Good. That will make it easier for you to believe me. Some time ago, the bank decided to put out a new issue of banknotes in the sum of 200 million milreis. That would be about 10 million dollars, wouldn't it? Yes. The order was placed with a printing firm here in New York. Ten days ago, I came here to take delivery in person and see that the notes were shipped on a special plane to Brazil. Then I... I was kidnapped. Who kidnapped you? I, I don't know. They tortured me. That savage Ngano. It is too terrible to think of. I take it that Ngano is the barefoot boy. Yes, Mr. Templar. I am not strong. There are some who can submit to torture and even die without weakening. I am not one of them. After, after a while, I did what they asked. What? They made me write a letter to the printer ordering an additional $5 million worth of banknotes. 
One of their agents picked up these notes with identification supplied by me. Within a day or two now, they will put them into circulation and reap their profits and no one, no one can stop them because the notes are not counterfeits. They are genuine. <laughs> that is one of the sweetest schemes I ever heard. I am ruined. Ruined. Why were they keeping you prisoner? They planned to order another printing through me. S somehow I managed to escape. And then you found me. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't suppose that could be the law by any chance, could it, Simon? It's always possible. Uh, go see, will you, darling? And if you need anything, just scream. <laughs> Thanks, Sir Galahad. Well, Mr. Montero, that sort of puts you on the spot, doesn't it? It will be a financial panic. And as for me, well... There is only one thing left for me. Don't be so pessimistic, brother. I'm just starting to get interested. Well, darling, I guess I win the gold-plated garter belt. Ah, uh, don't tell me. I do tell you. Our guest is none other than Inspector John Henry Furnack. Why, how charming. Do you think I'd better see him? If you don't want him to die of apoplexy, you'd better. Perish the thought. Uh, Pat, take care of Mr. Montero. Why, John Henry, this is a pleasant surprise. Is it? Don't let's be formal. You may remove your hat. Hmm. Now, what can I do for you? You can answer some questions, that's what. If I get them all right, do I win a Gruen watch? Don't try to get funny with me, Mr. Saint. Where were you between 5 and 5.15 this morning? I was on my way here. Anywhere upstate? Say around Belford? Why, John Henry, how psychic of you. Notice anything in particular around here? I recall the scene distinctly. It was the hour before dawn. Right. A light mist like the bridal veil of day trailed over the woods and garbage dumps in a white now mist. Now you listen to me. This morning about 5.15 near Belford, a car with your license plates was called on to stop by a police officer. What do you want to do? Give me a ticket? I'll give you plenty when I'm ready. Just before you drove through, the officer heard a scream. Yes, I heard it too. Funny noises those owls make sometimes. I got the officer's report, and that was no owl. Who've you got in the next room? A dear old uncle of mine who is very ill and cannot be disturbed under any circumstances. Yeah? What's his name? Algernon. Oh. Uncle Algie, we call him. Now listen to me. Now I... you listen to me, my well-meaning but fat-headed friend. Do you have a search warrant? No, but it's part of my duty. It's part of my grandmother's trousseau. Have you any charge against me? No, but every time somebody puts a slug in a slot machine in Brooklyn, or they fish some poor bum out of the East River, the first thing you think of is some way to pin it on me. Now, wait a minute. I never... You always! So you want to search this place without a warrant? Okay. Help yourself. But I'm warning you. If you don't find anything to justify your snooping, I shall personally squash you so flat they'll be able to paste you in a scrapbook at a headquarters. Well, of course, if you want to get personal about it... I feel personal about it. 
I'm tired of being badgered and persecuted, and I'm tired of holding your hat. Here. All right, but you'll hear more about this. Drop in any time, John Henry. Ah, what did he want, Simon? Oh, he was just dying to talk about the scenery around Belford. I wish he wouldn't get those sudden weird urges. They're so bad for his blood pressure. Well, 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 never a dull moment. Oh, Mr. Templer. Yes, Larson. A fella, he used to leave this package for you. Oh? What's in it? I think it's a hat, sir. So it is. He say you leave it behind somewhere last night. So I did. What sort of a guy was this? He var huge fella. Uh, looked kind of like an Indian. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, thanks, Lawson. Yeah, you betcha. Well, what do you think of that? It must have fallen out of the car when we were loading Uncle Algy in. Well, how did they know it was yours? It's a new number I bought the other day, and they insisted on stamping my name and address in the lining. See? Oh, very fancy. Uh, but I don't know what ah, that has... Look! What? There. Sticking in the lining. Oh, it looks like a thorn. Don't touch it. Unless I'm very much mistaken, that's a poison dart from the Amazon, and therefore it's roughly ten times as lethal as a rattlesnake. Been fun if I'd put the hat on without noticing it, wouldn't it? Simon, you have the most charming friends. Full of initiative, too. I was just wondering why they should take the trouble to return my hat. This dart's a vicious little toy, but it won't hurt you if you don't scratch yourself on the point. Hmm, it might come in very handy before we're through. Oh, how, Simon? I don't know yet, but I get inspirations all the time. Oh, Hoppy! Yes, boss? What happened to that trick matchbox you had? Oh, uh, I don't know, boss. I know. Now, I, I put it in the bookcase. Oh, oh yes, here it is. Well, what do you want with it? I might always become a practical joker in my old age. Ooh, 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 ha! I know where you can buy exploded cigars, too, and water pistols. You fill them with ammonia and blind people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in time, Hoppy. <laughs> if only we could have kept in touch with our Indian ape-man. Oi! What is it? Come over here, to the window. Jeez, it's him. See down there, Pat? Under the lamppost? That's the character who was chasing Algernon. Yipe, I must be having nightmares. That's our boy. He's starting to move up the street. Come on, Hoppy. Come on, boys. Simon, where are you going? We're going to trail him back home and see where he lives. You stay here and take care of Algernon. We'll call you as soon as we know anything. Bum, 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 bum. 
coming up the street to scare anyone. What do you have your boots sold with? Sheet iron? Uh, I was just trying to make time, boys. All right. Did you get Pat? Yeah, everything's okay. I told her where we are. Good. Then we're covered if anything goes wrong. Nothing happened yet? No. They're still in the house across there. Who, boss? I, I don't know, but I think it's time we pay them a call. Come on. How do we get in? Ring the bell and see what happens. It's a nice quiet street, so what happens may be anything. Uh, I got my heat out, boss. What do I do? Shoot him or slug him? Put it away and keep quiet. I'll do the talking. Mm. Yes? Hello, chum. Is anyone home? It depends on who you mean. I want to see your boss. You mean Mr. Kuzella? Kuzella? That's right. Tell him that Mr. Uniat and the Saint are calling. Oh, sure. (laughs) This way. Yes? The party you was expecting, Mr. Kuzella. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Come in. Thank you. You can wait outside, Yelver. Sure. Jeez, boss, this joint gives me the creeps. It does have rather a cozy atmosphere, doesn't it? We should have brought one of them ammonia pistols. Sit down, gentlemen. You didn't waste any time getting here, Mr. Templer. Quite a clairvoyant, aren't you? No, just moderately intelligent. I assumed, of course, that you would follow Ingano here. You think of everything, Kuzella, don't you? A wise precaution in dealing with anyone so competent as yourself, Mr. Templer. There are few men who could have tackled Ingano once and survived. Then again, you were clever enough not to obey the obvious impulse and put on the nearest hat when you rushed after the man who brought it. My dear old grandmother always told me to count up to ten before I did anything hasty. Then, of course, you knew what you were doing when you came here. Of course. I know you won't do anything hasty while I've got Comrade Montero up my sleeve. I admit that the absence of Senor Montero is somewhat disturbing to my plans. However, it'd be even more disturbing if I let him tell the police about the jungle games Ngano played to make him sign the right papers, wouldn't it? Only a slight inconvenience. You wouldn't expect me to wait for the police. We have already made quite a handsome profit. By the way, how about those neat little bundles on your desk? Could that be the money you're talking about? Yes. One hundred million milrig, five million dollars, and they're genuine. Do I understand that you came here to make a proposition? I was going to use that for an opening line anyway. And what do you estimate to be the value of Senor Montero to be? 
Oh, about a hundred million mires. Five million dollars. You are amusing, Mr. Templer, but hardly practical. On the contrary, Cosella, this is practically the most practical moment of my life. When I came here, I ex expected to have to do a lot of dickering to find out what you'd done with the dough. Instead, I find you've got it all here, wrapped up ready for me. The only thing I miss is the Christmas ribbons. So I shall just help myself. <laughs> you don't seriously expect me to allow that. You see this gun, Cosetta? It's a real one. It shoots little bullets that go bang, bang, and make holes in people. Really? May I remind you about Ngano? And what I think you called our jungle games? Oh, yes, Ingoro. Where is the dear monster? I should have told you that one of his jungle tricks is the ability to move without making a sound. He's standing right behind you. <laughs> you, you really expect to make me take my eyes off you with an old trick like that? Suit yourself. Pause. It's true. He is here. Mr. Templer, I was prepared to make a reasonable deal with you, if only to avoid the inconvenience of more drastic methods. But now, the situation is rather different. Now you have the gun instead of me, and we have our hands tied, but aside from that... You have Montero, but I have you. And I'm sure we'll both be very happy. Mr. Templer, I think we can still reach an agreement. That would be? You only have to tell me where Montero is. As soon as I have verified that and finished my work, you and Mr. Rooney-ass will be free as air. Geez, boss, the guy would practically give you his right arm. Yes, gangrene and all. Where is Paolo Montero? Remember, it's a choice between a little discomfort for him and your life. You make it sound like bargain day at the five and ten. What have you done with him? Nothing I couldn't tell my mother, really. Very well. Ngano? Yes? Take them downstairs to the cellar. Come. Us. I don't like this guy. Why, Hoppy? He has the soul of a child. Do you really think so? I'm sure of it. Wouldn't you enjoy playing footy-footy with him in a nice spooky cellar? <laughs> This is a cozy room, Hoppy. A little damper. It's probably cool in summer. A little furniture and paint. A few Ooh, pillows. But aside from the interior decorating, how do we get out of these ropes? That's what I'm thinking about. I think we shall have to prove something about mind over matter. Yeah, I know that, boss. But does he know it? He's a mean-looking ape. 
And why does he have to go and lock the door? Maybe he has agoraphobia. You know, fear of open places. Is that the trouble, Engano? You'll not talk, no? I'd be glad to talk. What about? Weather? <gasps> Baseball! See this? Boss, what's that? Technically, Hoppy, it is known as the Black Snake Whip. A very ugly toy, Engano. You not talk. I think you talk soon. We'll return to the saint in just a moment. But first, you know, today just about everything depends on speed. Now, you take headache products. Bromo Seltzer is famous for giving speedy relief from headaches. But that's not all. Bromo Seltzer gives you three-way headache help. First, it, qu it quickly fights the pain of the headache itself. Then it soothes the upset stomach and jumpy nerves that may come with the headache. And Bromo Seltzer is even fast to fix. Just put a teaspoonful in a glass, add water. Watch how it fizzes in a split second. So sparkling and refreshing to take. So fast in helping your headache all three ways. But don't just take my word for it, neighbors. Next time you get a headache, try Bromo Seltzer yourself. You'll find where others fail, Bromo Seltzer works. Caution, use only as directed. And of course, if a headache persists or recurs, see your doctor. Get a bottle of Bromo Seltzer for home use and keep another bottle where you work. It's on sale at all drugstores. Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo And now, back to the saint and to the moment when Ingano raised his black snake whip. Doity, if I wasn't hogtied, I, I... Hoppy, remember how you did it at the Rose Bowl. Ah! Rose Bowl? Don't get it, boss. Like Notre Dame, Hoppy Uniats, use your head. My head? Oh, I get you, boss. Signals, hike! Nice work, Hoppy. Uh, did you see that, boss? No hands. Now stop admiring yourself and come here. Ooh, what do you want, boss? The jackknife, Doopy. Uh, ah, I've got it. Now, I'll cut you loose and you can untie me. It's a shame. Maybe I should have gone to Notre Dame. There you are. Now untie me, quick. Baby's getting his wind back. Okay, boss. Good. Now get the key. It is pocket. That's right. Uh, give it to me. Now, how do we get out of this joint? The same way we came in. Come on. <clears throat> We've got her here. He can't be heard. But, 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 boss, he's up there. Oh, Mr. Cosello, that's what I mean. We should at least thank him for his hospitality. Take these steps easy. We don't want to scare him. But he's got my gun. Shh, listen. My dear young lady, I don't know what you're talking about. Where is the saint? 
Patricia, bless her. You must be crazy. Bursting in here with a gun. Good morning. Simon. Patricia, watch it. <coughs> a well-timed entrance, Mr. Templer. You divert this ardent girl's attention just long enough for me to disarm her. Thank you, my dear, for the gun. Oh, Simon, I'm sorry. Sorry? We don't need the gun. It's nice to see you again, Cosella. Simon, I've called Fernac. Oh? Have you? Oh, you were here so long, I, I thought you must be in trouble, so... I you heard that, of course, Cosella. I'm not alarmed, my friend. After all, a lot can happen before your friend Farnack arrives. Before my friend Inspector Farnack arrives, we'll be a long way from here. You've called the police? <laughs> what a waste of time. Before you get here, you will have lost all interest in their arrival. <laughs> you think so? Because unless you tell me what I want to know, in five seconds, I shall begin by shooting this charming lady. All right, chum. You ask for it. Here it is, in my pocket. No, it's not a gun, just a matchbox. A simple, ordinary matchbox. There is the answer to all your questions. Matchbox? It seems to be empty. Open it. What? What does this mean? One second. Can you pull that trigger now, Cosella? I think not. Do you feel weak? Numb? Cosella? I'll take that gun, thank you. What? What is it? Didn't you feel something jab your thumb when you opened the box? Yes, look, it's bleeding. What is it? You have about 30 seconds to live, Cosella. You should know what pricked your thumb. The poison sword! Yes, the same one you sent me in my hat, spiked with the deadliest and quickest poison known to science. Asleep so soon, Cosella? Oh, sweet dreams. Come, children, he's finished. What happened to him? What he wanted to have happened to me. Remember the present he sent me with my hat? Curare. And Hoppy's matchbox, the one that shoots a needle into you when you open it. I replace the needle with the poison splinter, and voila! Hey, boss, did you ever see one of them flowers that squirts water? <laughs> They're even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are, Hoppy, in their place. Good heavens! Uh, Pat, when will Fernac be riding to the rescue? Well, he ought to be here now. Then it's our cue for an exit. Grab the money there on the desk, Hoppy. With pleasure, boys. Is that the money Cusella had printed? That's it, darling. One hundred million mi-rays, or five million good American dollars. Oh, Simon, a, a police siren. Come on, kiddies, let's scram. Where's the car? Oh, this way. Oh, oh it is Fernac, and he's seen us. Oh, will he be mad? What's he got to be so mad about? Poor Fernand. Always too fat and too late.
Well, here we go again. Do you think Uncle Algy's got his line straight, Pat? Oh, yes, he's all set. And he thinks it's funny, too. Well, he has a laugh coming to him. The door, Hoppy. Okay, boss. Oh, uh, hello, Inspector. Well, Mr. Saint, if you can squirm out of this one, I'll doubt eat my hat. <laughs> How unappetizing. What is this new diet, John Henry? That's very funny, but this time I got you coming and going. Coming? Going? Where? I suppose you don't know anything about a certain phone call I got, that a certain party was in trouble, at a certain address, and certainly needed help? Inspector, you always were a Boy Scout. A call of distress, and you're there A certain your... party named Simon Templer. Why, John Henry, someone must have been taking my name in vain. Maybe so, wise guy. But when I went to the address, what do you think I found? Red Riding Hood and the Three Bears? I found in the cellar a punch-drunk Indian, and upstairs I found another guy, dead. What do you think I am, a human earthquake? I'll tell you some more. Just as I got to the house, three people ran out and got away in a car. And who do you think they looked like? Should I guess? The Ritz Brothers? They looked exactly like you and Miss Holm and your dumb stooge here. Listen, you dumb flatfoot. Then we must have doubles, Fernie, old boy, because we were all at a party with a friend. What friend? A Mr. Paolo Montero, the president of the Bank of Brazil. Oh, yeah? And where was this, this party? At the Brazilian consulate. As a matter of fact, we only just got home. What sort of bluff are you trying to pull? Do you think I'm nuts? You're coming along with me. Come on. John Henry, it's only because I have a sweet disposition that I'm giving you one more chance. I'm going to let you verify my alibi before you arrest me, instead of having it fed to you with a stomach pump afterwards. And then I'll let you apologize to me. Do you think I'm gonna believe any such... Get him the phone number, Pat. Let him see it with his own eyes. With pleasure. Well, here you are, Inspector. Brazilian Consulate, Chelsea 42000. Now watch me dial it so you can be sure I don't cheat. Uh-huh. Oh, is that you, Dr. Alvers? Simon Templer speaking. I'm sorry to have to stop you on your way to bed, but a fat policeman has just barged in here. Give me that phone. I'll call your bluff, Mr. Saint. We'll see who... Hello, Dr. Alvis? This is Inspector Fernack of police headquarters. I have every reason to believe that this man Templer was concerned in a murder which was committed about ten o'clock tonight. He's trying to tell me a cock and bull story about... What? You must be nuts! I beg your pardon, sir, but 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 I definitely know from 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 eight till midnight. But 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 oh, what's the use? No, sir. I said who? Uh, all right, sir. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Speaks very good English, doesn't he, John Henry? How did you work it? 
I suppose you call the president and had him fix it. A very charming man, Montero. You know, he spent an evening here recently, and just because of my hospitality, he gave me quite a handsome gift. Oh, he did, did he? Yes, he gave me this. It isn't much, but every bit helps. I haven't gotten around to cashing it yet, but I guess a bank president's check must be good. John Henry, what's uh, wrong? Uh, uh, the brandy, Patricia. Uh, I think he's going to faint. Uh, <laughs> Bromo Seltzer has brought you another exciting story of that Robin Hood of modern crime, the saint. Ah, but what awaits Simon Templer next week? He and Hoppy have themselves a ringside seat for unexpected adventures amongst the pugilistic set. An evening's prize fight has just concluded. Let's join the saint at the boxing arena for just a moment. What did I tell you, boss? The Angel wins by a knockout. Torpedo Smith never had a crack at him. Yes, Smith is out cold. Well, uh, let's go home, boys. One moment, Hoppy. They've called the Boxing Commission's doctor into Smith's corner. Oh, that's nothing. I slugged the guy once and he was out for 12 hours. Come on, Hoppy. What's the matter, boys? I think you and I better go and have a little talk with... The Masked Angel. Yes, be sure to join us next week when the saint comes face to face with the Masked Angel as Bromo Seltzer brings you another exciting adventure of The Saint. The Saint was created by Leslie Charteris, and tonight's story, The Million Dollar Day, was adapted from the original story of the same name. Simon Templer, alias The Saint, is portrayed by Edgar Barrier. John Brown was Inspector Furnack, and Ken Christie was Hoppy Uniats. The music is by Leith Stevens. The production was under the direction of Bill Rousseau. This program comes to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That wraps up another Project Audion show, and we hope you enjoyed discovering this lost episode from Old Time Radio. Please let your friends know about all of Project Audion's radio recreations by sharing our YouTube and Facebook links. What would you like to hear for future Audion episodes? Send us a note. Until next time, thanks for listening. Ah, but what awaits Simon Templer next week? He and Hoppy have themselves a ringside seat for unexpected adventures amongst the pugilistic set.
I, said, I did that badly. Can I go right back to uh, what, 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 the wait. plastic utensil set? <laughs> the plastic okay. nickel Easter munching. The plastic utensil set. <laughs> the following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters. La, 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 if you create audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la la now. Well, I can't hear you. Got my ears covered. la la.